Hey, Shakes Pals. Welcome to Protest Too Much. I'm your host, Stephanie Crignola, and I'm so excited and grateful for your joining us again this week. Congratulations to the Capulets, who ran away with last week's Titus Family Award. And thank you so much again to Lane Graciano for being with us. If you missed the voting action, make sure you're following our page at facebook.com slash protest too much podcast or our Twitter at underscore too much pod. We've got another exciting, magical matchup for you today as we debate Shakespeare's best clown with Ryan Leveroni. If you like what you hear, please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Protest Too Much, a Shakespeare showdown podcast where a guest and I go head-to-head each week and you get to decide who wins. Okay, everyone, welcome. This week we are arguing the best clown in all of Shakespeare. And with me today, I have a performer and all-around cool guy, Ryan Leveroni. Ryan, I'm so excited to have you here. Welcome. It's good to be here. Thanks so much. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Ryan. Yeah, um, so I am a... Uh an actor in the uh, Northeast area, usually bouncing between Massachusetts and Rhode Island for uh, for all sorts of acting things. Uh, done a little directing here and there as well. Some with um, some acting and directing with the uh, the Walking Shadow Shakespeare project. So um, I know I, I'm I'm familiar with this uh, with my co-host <laughs> and with your subject matter, Mister yeah, yeah, Mister William Shakespeare. I try to be, yeah. Amazing. All right. Well, I'm super excited for this. Um, I know that uh, with us, you've played several of the key clowns. Mm-hmm. Um, you've done uh, ooh, Touchstone. Yep. That's that's a good sign for tonight. You yep. did Touchstone. Who else have you played? What other clowns? Uh, uh, specifically clowns. Uh, Touchstone, uh, Nick Bottom, uh, Dogberry, um that's that's all that's coming to mind currently some of the best you did sir andrew and sir toby yeah yeah i've I've played sir andrew and sir toby in um in 12th night yeah yeah uh so you are very familiar with the art of the clown um now in your opinion who is shakespeare's best clown uh i'm gonna go with um Someone that I don't think is necessarily always categorized as a clown, which I think is unfortunate, but I'm going to go with Puck from Midsummer Night's Dream. Ooh, okay. All right. And who do I think is Shakespeare's best clown? Okay. So uh, when you originally pitched the concept of this um, (laughs) this whole um, podcast to me, I immediately told you who I thought would be a good idea. And you were just like, no, you're you're supposed to tell me the day of. Um, so I, I told you, you would be, uh, <laughs> I told you way back when you would be defending Nick Bottom. And, uh, I, uh, after spilling the beans, I was like, okay, I'll pick someone else. And, and I lied. You are in fact defending <laughs> Nick Bottom. Uh, I wanted to throw you off the trail as much as I could after letting it out of the, uh, letting the secret loose and um lying to your friends is a great way to do that so i um i highly encourage anyone skullduggery has a place in the world is what i'm trying to get at coincidentally a theme that we will probably be exploring in length on this episode if we're talking about puck and bottom yeah that's fair that's fair to say i would have to agree with that 
Um, definitely some skullduggery involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Ryan, uh, while I scramble to <laughs> talk about Bottom, uh, why don't you tell me why Puck is the greatest clown in all of Shakespeare? Yeah, so I think um, one way you can divide all the clowns in Shakespeare are between the ones that are specifically um, just there as a, a great comedic character, but not necessarily um, a competent story driver in their own right. And you have all of the other clowns that are, you know, very capable, very confident, very, um, you, you think about, you know, classics like like a Touchstone or a Festy or, or um, yeah. Maybe not Sir Andrew as much, but I guess Sir Toby a little bit. You know, he's definitely um, definitely here and there a little bit more um, duplicitous than others. But I think that uh, the ones that I've attached myself more to in my lifetime, um, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily... I, I would think that the, the best clowns are the ones that are driving the story to me. Okay. And um, there isn't a clown that drives the story uh, more than Puck in A Midsummer Night's Dream. Um, she's handily the most competent. Um, there is the whole thing where she puts the uh, glamour on the wrong Athenian. Oberon literally knew there were two Athenians and just didn't bother to mention that. Uh, her Any issues with her have nothing to do with her. She is genuinely one of the most, if you're going by like, a, a Dragon Ball Z like power level of a character. She's one truly one of the most um, <laughs> strong characters in all of of Shakespeare. And there's uh, a weight and gravity to to everything she's involved with. Whenever she's on stage, it's one or he or she. I mean, you know, it's it's a very they character. I shouldn't be I should be more honest about that. But um, it's. One of the things when when they're on stage, they're the most important thing going on. They're driving everything where it's supposed to go. Uh, you see that with all the great um, bright clowns, and I think that Puck is definitely one of the strongest in terms of getting things to where they belong. And I believe one of the few clowns that actually has an uh, an epilogue for a show too. Okay, all right. I see your I see your argument, uh, but I must say I disagree, Ryan. Yeah, I did give you a reason <laughs> to disagree, so I would love to hear why you disagree. <laughs> okay, so I truly think that Nick Bottom is the best clown in all of Shakespeare. Where'd you get that idea? Oh, just came to me. Just uh, popped into my head. Perfect. <laughs> um, and here's why. So. You kind of touched upon the fact that the best clowns, um, that some of the the best clowns are really um, smart and capable, and some of them are more there for humor and entertainment. And I think Nick Bottom really brings both of those worlds together uh, because he is, by profession, an and well by hobby, I guess. One of his professions. <laughs> One yes. of his professions. He's an actor. He's an entertainer. He, in the same way that Festy is an entertainer or Touchstone is the, he's the court jester. He's there for entertainment. Um, Bottom is striving to fill that role. He is uh, trying to find a life in the theater and he is trying to make his way as an actor. So he fills that entertainer role, but also he really does speak truths 
to all he is he is the 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 uh he is honest and he is transparent and he can get away with saying things to those in positions of power above him um because he has that humor as well so you see again we look at festy um kind of uh, battling wits with Olivia, which as a clown, sh he should not be allowed to do. Um, sure, yeah. uh, or as a as a person, he shouldn't be allowed to do. But as a clown, because of his position, he's able to do that. Yeah, I think it's important to, to bring up the fact that, you know, when you're, when you're talking about a clown, you're talking about someone who has been tasked with being underneath somebody and either proves why they are there or proves that they're actually the one running the show. Definitely. And I think you you circled back to, to my point is that in the play within the play at the end of Midsummer, uh, bottom, uh, the Athenians are being rude audience members right there talking through yeah. the show. But bottom responds in a place where an actor probably doesn't necessarily like shouldn't do that. But he turns and he says, no, 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 no. You'll see it all works out at the end. Yeah. Um, the war, the wall comes down between the two families. This happens. This happens. Um, and he's able to kind of talk back to Theseus in a way that maybe uh, isn't quite his place, which again is a real strong characteristic of of a Shakespearean clown. Yeah, I would definitely agree that there's going to be times where um, if a clown is is tested, they they can get ornery. Um, <laughs> is I guess the best way to put it. Yeah. Um, and for the ones that are, are a little bit more inept, I think that orneriness um, can come through a lot of times as, you know, specifically them, you know, talking what you're, you're talking about, speaking out of turn. Um, it's just a general lack of uh, understanding of how to sort of play the game. And um, to me, the best clowns play the game. Um, you know, there's going to be great clowns out there that are, are really great roles to have that I, I've, I've been lucky to play. I mean, you know, uh, but to me, there's there's a as an actor, the challenge of playing a, a bright clown and everything that comes with it. It's um, it feels like a lot more of a blank canvas. Uh, you have a lot more doors you can sort of look at in the if you imagine acting as a house and all the doors are different character choices. You, sure. There's a lot more doors and there's a lot more keys for for a character like that. Um, and, you know, when, when you think about, you know, really great clowns, there's, there's definitely a lot of things you can do with the festies and, and touchstones and such of the world. Um, yeah. And is me, that what, is that what Puck is to you? Yeah. To, to me, that's what, that's why Puck it, Puck is the blankest of canvases. There's, sure. there's, um, it is truly a, a um, blank canvas. You can have anything there. It's beyond anything else in Shakespeare in terms of the level of creativity that just the character itself could, in terms of like how wide you can go with the interpretation and how truly out of left field you can go and still have it feel canon. That's a, that's an interesting point. Um, and I think that, I think that idea of, of a clown as a blank slate and you being able to uh, impose your personality into that character, it's a good point. Um, but I think that, that where Bottom truly shines is the fact that I don't know an actor out there who doesn't have that on their, their kind of bucket list or dream, dream roles because there's, there's definitely more structure 
to bottom as a character. Yeah. Like yeah, you can uh, infer his personality a little bit more, but the level of fun exploration of kind of that introspective, what is an actor uh, is another clown characteristic. It's really thoughtful in a way that um, examines elements of life that you yeah. see them uh, philosophize philosophy. Sure. You see them. You're better with words than I am. I, I, I'm, <laughs> sure you're right. I'm sure you're right. I'm um, sure it is philosophized. <laughs> but you see them like go to that philosophy standpoint a lot. And I think that bottom allows us as actors to do that with the character and examine what acting means to them yeah. and kind of work that circular motion forward in a way to build that character. So in essence, bottom is a character is a clown as a character, but also you are bringing your element of you as a clown who's examining what it means to be an actor and what it means to be human and what it means to be ambitious. And you're putting that all. So you're yeah. kind of being your own clown in preparation for that role. So it really yeah. is like a double yeah. clown whammy. No, I, I can agree with that. And, um, and I've been lucky enough to play Nick Bottom twice for Walking Shadow. And um, the first time going into it, it was my second Shakespeare show ever. And, you know, I was just sort of at a point in my life where I just, you know, really loved acting, but I, I wasn't, you know, I was going to sound so pompous. Um, I, <laughs> this I, Nick Bottom, you were... <laughs> I, no, I just assumed that it was a pretty static character. And, and sure. you know, I... But I got stuck, like, feeling kind of campy in a lot of stuff. And I, I definitely played things sort of straight down the line, like, you know, just kind of, you know, I was still being creative and stuff, but I, I didn't give it the um the respect it was due i would never um insinuate that any any character in shakespeare basically isn't something you could have a really fresh <laughs> interpretation on how big you you're allowed to paint in terms of how broad your your expression of a character is i think that um that smarter clowns tend to uh have a little more leeway there um you know i think i think bottom um talking back to to the Athenians or or Dogberry getting upset at um, the people he's arresting or things like that. Um, there's always going to be a level of insecurity with that. And mm -hmm. smart clowns um, rarely have insecurity. Um, ah. And I think that exploring characters who are really, truly content with who they are and the decisions they're making is such a, a cool thing that you so rarely get to do in theater. Okay. Um, let's bring it, let's bring it back to Puck. What about Puck as a character to you really puts them in that clown mold because most of the characters in the play don't ever see Puck. So where do you think that, how does that fit in for you? Uh, I, I think it's fair to uh, bring up the fact that, a lot of their machinations aren't necessarily seen by a lot of characters, but um, you know, you could say that about a lot of smart clowns too, that a lot of people don't necessarily see they're, they're not playing the long, no one really plays the long game quite like Festy does. Um, <laughs> or um, you know, you, you see Festy like convincing someone they're insane by like just playing music to them um, and it not even like... necessarily seen by them. It almost feels like we're both arguing that Festy is the is the top clown in Shakespeare. 
No, I mean, like Festi is going to be a great option. I, I sure. Festi was one of the ones that I was definitely thinking of. But um, for me, in terms of Festi, even as great as as they are, I, I don't think that they they allow as big of a uh, a breadth of interpretation. Sure. Yeah the the idea of um, to me that's that's why I, I chose Puck at the end of the day was because even though um, Festi has you know quote unquote more to do, um, someone like a, an Ariel uh, might have more to do. Um, you think about you know what is the overarching idea of what makes up a clown uh, a servant to you know a, a people uh, an individual who either you know proves their ineptitude or doesn't. Uh, proves that they're you know very bright very capable an entire like i we could be here all day talking about the <laughs> different the different concepts you could have for a character like that but we don't have all day no we don't and you know what no. we do have is yeah. the voices and opinions of our listeners we do so do you listeners think that puck is the best clown in all of shakespeare do you think that that open slate driving plot entertaining uh, role is best represented by Puck? Or do you think that the no-nonsense, outspoken, um, literal entertainer bottom fits that mold a little bit better? That will be up to you. And you can vote on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash protesttomuchpodcast or on Twitter at underscore too much pod uh and so you can vote before our next episode next week and ryan thank you so much for being here yeah thanks for having me you are wonderful and i'm so glad that we got to dig into that because i think it's fun to look within the same play at yeah. two two characters who kind of serve completely different purposes and yeah that's a fun it's a fun way to look at it so thank you again so much for being here and we will see you all next week 